The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet for the most part. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting here, sitting over there at the helm, making it sound good today, twisting and tweaking, is our own Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Hello. I'm glad to be here. I thought that after I got fired on Friday that I might not be able to come back today. Yeah, you got fired via Twitter, which was... Actually, no, you got fired on the air, too, which was I did, yeah. Yeah. My dad recorded that for me. It was was a good one to see. Good. (laughs) Glad I got under your skin. (laughs) Watch your step, Pickle. And sing to my right... The QPR two to my Millwall one. Our West African friends. <laughs> it's happening. Johnson. It is happening. <laughs> Fourth place right now. <laughs> Fourth place. Wild. Okay, they got a six pointer this week. Sure. Uh, they got West Brom. Okay, but they get them at home. Mm-hmm. They if they win this one, you gotta start. It's drinking like the juice. serious. <laughs> you gotta it's, start drinking the juice. I gotta start. I gotta start like sacrificing chickens. You know what I mean? Like it could happen, but right now. QPR is on a heater. Man, this is this is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very good. Anyway. Oh, Arsenal won too. Yeah, they did. And Me too. most importantly, Arsenal won and pretty much every other team you 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 hate lost. Yeah, it was great. Oh god, United lost, uh Spurs lost, and Chelsea. Chelsea lost. Chelsea Liverpool. lost yeah, to Liverpool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, oh, it was a great day. Was great a weekend. Good weekend. Good weekend. Real good weekend. <laughs> Today is Monday, September 23rd, 2019, 66 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 821, 821, the number of innings pitched for Benny Daniels in his illustrious Washington Senator's career from 1961 to 1965. Cool. Yeah, agreed. Cool. We got first first four. Woo! Tongue you twister got it. Monday. All right, take First two. four through the door. Uh, Rob Hadaway, Ryan, Paul Roberts, and Samuel DeLeon. Hi, guys. Welcome in, guys. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it. We'll do it live. We have Monday morning follow We have our exclusive rankings reveal here on Texas Football Today, where we will reveal the Texas high school football rankings for week five. Uh, then we'll talk with the head coach of the 4-0 and Die Ball Lumberjacks. Look talk at to them. Coach Blake Morrison after a big win over Jasper this weekend uh, in kind of a weird game that was thrown together at the last minute because both teams had games canceled on them. In any case, we'll get into that. We'll talk with Coach Morrison coming up about 1230. Uh, back half of the show, I probably shouldn't do exact time checks because A, we're never on time, mm-hmm. and B, it's a podcast. But in any case, about 30 minutes or so. Uh, then uh, we'll announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. And then finally, we'll finish it off with a campus crawl with a mystery order. Become yeah. very, very. You've seen the order. I have, and I'm still... I'm just trying to figure it out. Maybe we'll get there in our approximate 30-minute or 45-minute time span. I'll be about 45. <laughs> Ashley, hit the air. It's iron. Time for Monday Morning Fallout. That's this week. You know what? Yeah, it is. <laughs> We're going to try it again in three, two. two. Monday Morning Fallout. No. It's not. There we go. <laughs> 
It's Monday morning fallout where we overreact to the football weekend. First time. First try. Uh, overreact to the football weekend. Lots to overreact to. We'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, early front runners. For all we talk about big games across the state of Texas in high school football and ranked teams and for all the the uh, the attention we paid to Grandview and Malakoff, for example, as a rematch of the state championship game, fundamentally, that game means nothing. Like, really and truly, it doesn't mean anything. It, it's, it's not going to help Grandview. Grandview's 14-13 win is not going to help it get to the playoffs. They could lose out from here and miss the playoffs. I don't think that'll happen, but they could. Those types of games, uh, Hawley's win over Albany, right? Doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. But there are some games that had both that kind of sizzle and also the stake, meaning it actually meant something. I'll give you a perfect example. is Manville's really, really impressive 38-34 win over Fort Ben Marshall. Not only is that a matchup of state-ranked teams, and two teams that we have high hopes for in 5A Division Two, especially in Region Three, But it also puts Manville in the driver's seat for their district. They now have the, the, the paved road to get the number one seat out of that district. That means a lot. Another one, Red Oak over South Oak Cliff. That's a huge win for the Hawks, not because they knocked off the number eight team in the state. That's obviously important. But they were able to take command in week three, week four Mm -hmm. of their district. Those types of things are the things that I am coming away with, saying, yes, there were great games, and it it was fun to see these things. But most importantly, they are taking command of their district. Another one. And this came out Saturday night, and a, a game that nobody's going to talk about. We'll talk about them in a minute, too. Nobody's going to talk about Bridgeland because that game happened on Saturday, yeah. and nobody pays attention to high school football games on Saturday except <laughs> us, right? Because it's college football day, and I right. get it. I freely recognize that that's the case, right? It's a huge result. You <laughs> need to start paying attention to them. Yep. That's a huge win. They beat Cy Ranch, and they beat them like— Convincingly. Yes, not <laughs> fluky. Not fluky. They drubbed them. <laughs> That is a huge win, the biggest win in program history for the Bears. I know they've only been around for two years, but still, it's <laughs> right. huge. And they take command of their district. Those are the things that I am paying attention to as early frontrunners. That's thought number one. Thought number two, contenders and... Okay. Can we sit here right now mm-hmm. on September 23rd yep. and declare there, and declare <laughs> SMU an AAC West contender? I don't think there's any doubt about like, it. Like I think you're looking at, I mean, Memphis maybe is the biggest challenger Memphis, to them, of course, which is their legitimate challenger. But I don't think Houston's going away. I think they'll be fair. better. That's fair. But what about SMU makes you think that they are not a contender anymore? Yeah. Like they have, I think, thrust themselves in that conversation. An impressive win in Fort Worth in the battle for the Iron Skillet. Uh, they beat TCU and another game that was not fluky. Mm-hmm. SMU was the better side. Mm-hmm. The game was close because TCU finally kind of got its footing towards the end. Right. But it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, up until that point, it was com- fully in command for SMU. TCU made a run, yeah, but that was it. I mean, basically, SMU landed the first punch and the second punch. They took a couple late, but they were able to hold off SMU. A huge win for them. Yep. Um, I, I would also... I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I would say that what we saw from Texas was important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For them to beat Oklahoma State 
was a really important result mm -hmm. because that's the kind of game that in the years where we have wondered if Texas is back, they lose. Yeah, they lose that game. They lose that game. And, and by the way, that's the first time in six tries they've beaten Oklahoma State <laughs> at home or say, something. Historically, they're terrible. At home uh, yeah, against Oklahoma State. It's terrible. They found a way to win that game. Yep. It wasn't always pretty. And in fact, down the stretch, it got downright sloppy. Mm-hmm. But they won. A win is a win. And they won. And so I think there's no reason to, to think they're not a contender. There's the other side of it. We'll get to that in a minute. But there are a couple of teams that I am now wondering what exactly are we seeing there. And a, a one that we won't get to um, is, is Houston. Now, obviously, we talked about them on Thursday. Yeah. But that lost, that lost to Tulane, and the way it happened is just a little it, – it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, and, you know – Overall, across and then A and M. Look, A and M. I know that game was close. That that game that game feels a lot like the Clemson game, in the right. sense that it was the score is going to make. If you just look at the score, you're going to be like, oh. And if you look at the box score, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, look hey, they were you know, A and M right played them tight, just didn't get the breaks and didn't find a way. Right. But much like the Clemson game. There was a long stretch of that game where I did not feel like uh, they felt out of it. Mm -hmm. They did not feel like they were in the game. Offensively, it just kind of it was just yeah. I don't know. It just felt like they were a little too conservative play calling wise. Super bland. It just like felt like they didn't feel confident that they were going to move the ball against Auburn. And my my feeling in, in kind of perusing um, like the in trying to get a pulse on on what the the Aggie fan base is feeling right now. This yeah. feels like a bloom off the rose type loss. Mm. This feels like a honeymoon is over type loss among sure. Aggie fans that sure. I've that I've heard from and it's, you know it was that was disappointing and I watched a fair amount of that game and and it just it just never felt like they were like just felt like they were waiting and it just it was never coming and, and Auburn always had a response so uh, but anyway uh, finally number three hashtag war on weather and its ripple effects so as many of you know <laughs> I have declared war on weather mm -hmm. um, I think that weather has gotten a pass for too long and we need to uh, take a playbook or take a page from the playbook of America's foremost thinker on the matter, C. Montgomery Burns, and we need to block out the sun. Mm -hmm. I think it's the only way. Right. We have to block out, blow up, whatever you want to do. We <laughs> have to destroy the sun. It doesn't do anything for us. It's ruining football. Right. So, I think it. I think everybody understands that weather is the worst, and we need to. We have the technology to destroy it. So, of course, had a lot of games canceled, and then a lot of games that were ended early. Um, and and it's it's puts us in a weird situation uh, from a rankings perspective because I'll give you a perfect example. We're going to talk with die ball coach Blake Morrison coming up here in a moment, and they had a terrific terrific win against Jasper in a game that got thrown together late. And I made the point when we were discussing rankings, mm -hmm. me, me, you, and Matt Stepp, we were discussing rankings. I go, well, what do we do with Jasper? Because Jasper was the number two team in four A Division two. Um, they played a game that basically they had no time to game plan for. Right. But at the same time, and you brought you guys brought up the great point. Neither did Die Ball, mm -hmm. and they came to they came to play, and that's a three over four a. Another one, another perfect example is Abernathy and Post. Okay, mm. Abernathy and Post, uh, Post, I, I shouldn't put I, I shouldn't put it in quotes. Post won the game. Yeah. Post won the game fourteen to thirteen. Both it has been decided, and in fourteen thirteen, middle of third quarter. I'd love to see the end of that game. Yeah, I'd love to see because it was a great game. Yep. Uh, but what do you do with Abernathy, uh, who is a state ranked team? that ends up losing a, a weather-shortened game. And then, like, we're losing data points that we otherwise could have had. For example, I know you were thinking about going to that Hutto-Houston-Lamar game, right? Mm -hmm. That game ends up getting canceled because of weather. 
because I think Lamar can't get out of Houston. Right. And so suddenly, like we like that would have been a great data point for both those teams because Lamar's a team we think is Houston Lamar's a team better than 0 and three. Think and and that would have been a great way to get off the shine is beat a team like Hutto. Yeah. On the other side, we we have high hopes for Hutto. We think that they've they've really you know looked good early. So. Yeah. To me, it's not just a bit for me, <laughs> like it is, but it's not just a bit in the sense that like these are, we're losing important data points and it kind of muddies the waters a little bit as far as trying to evaluate these teams. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Let's see, Gabriel J has had the best comment so far. He said, weather, go home, you're drunk. Yes, I'm <laughs> that out is on weather. Accurate. You're the worst weather. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Dallas Hillcrest running back Nasir Reynolds. 20 carries, 235 yards, three touchdowns, 18 receiving yards, and a touchdown, and he picked off a pass on defense. Hillcrest, watch out, Bordo. Our most special Rio Grande Valley boy, <laughs> Landry Gilpin. He's doing work for Southwestern. He had three rushing touchdowns in their uh, conference opener for Southwestern. Uh, Landry Gilpin gets a helmet sticker, our Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. Good job, Landry. <laughs> I, always, I always like when, like, for example... Everyone was talking about Spencer Sanders right. for uh, for Oklahoma State. Like the the announcers were going gaga. Oh yeah, was like, oh man, Oklahoma State, you guys got a quarterback, and I'm sitting there like, we knew that. That he was mystic football. Okay, uh, finally, Tyler Chapel Hill quarterback Kobe Coker, sixteen to twenty four, three hundred thirty four, three hundred thirty yards passing, and six touchdowns in their big win on Friday night. Three teams to watch. We mentioned them: Bridgeland. The Bears are in control of that district, guys. They just got past Cyranch, who we thought was the team to beat. Bridgeland is a team to watch, a team you need to be paying attention to. Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. <laughs> Casey Keeler's doing it again. Yeah. Uh, if you thought they were going away or you, you were wondering what, you know, and, and we were wondering what happened at the quarterback spot. Yeah. Because we saw Eric Schmidt lighting it up. Yeah, and Eric Schmidt. He just apparently... Ty Brock just got benched. They benched Ty Brock. Eric Schmidt comes up and lights it up. Almost 500 yards of passing. <laughs> he got almost finished, he finished with basically. And of course, anybody who saw him at the Woodlands knows what a talent he is. Yeah. Um, finished with 531 through keep, the air. <laughs> keep an eye on on Sam Houston State. And also keep an eye on Hugh Springs. Hugh Springs is 4-0. Looking very, very good. The Mustangs have been sensational. They get a big win over Tatum this week. They're 4-0 with wins over Arp, Wascom, Tatum, and Hampshire Finette. Uh, they are rolling right now. And by the way, big game this week at Mount Vernon, Battle mm-hmm. of Unbeatens. Should be very interesting. And I think the biggest test for both those teams and a Battle of Unbeatens coming up here this week. So, uh, Hugh Springs, keep an eye on them. Three teams to worry about. Mansfield Legacy is suddenly 0-4. Um, and Oof. a team, yeah, it has not been it has not been good for uh, for the Broncos. Um, they have been a team that, that, of course, in the past we've had very high hopes for. Um, this this year, it just has not. They have not been able to put it together. Uh, a big reason why is that they've only scored twenty one points. That'll uh, do it. They've got to find some offense, but uh, so far it's it has not gone great for Chris Melson's squad. Uh, Baylor. Um, uh, <laughs> guys, they let Rice. There was that looked like one of those games because I've turned that on late, mm-hmm. and it looked like one of those games where I was like, oh, like okay, like Baylor's not playing great. But they're playing Rice, and Rice is just, you know, they just don't have enough, and right. they're going to they're gonna kind of keep an arm's length. They're going to win by 15 or 20 or something like that. And then that game got real squeaky bum time real, qu- real quick down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's – I think Baylor was allowed a, a little a little speed, Maybe. speed bump because they've been – other been than great. that game, they've been really impressive and just in doing what they need to I do. I will just say if they play like that against Iowa State, they're going to get beat. Oh, sure. 
Plain sure. simple. So that's the first little road bump we've seen from them. Sure. The first war. And Rice, best, probably the best 0 4 team in the country. Uh, Rice is cute. Yeah, by I the way. I said that a statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's probably the best 0 4. Really solid. <laughs> but I'll tell you, they are, they're better. They're better. And it's yeah. not just because Mike Bloomgren, we love Mike Bloomgren, but they are better. Uh, and finally, uh, Houston Heights. Heights is 0 4. Uh, they lose to Katie Seven Lakes 27-29. They have been, their last two games, they've lost to Brenham and Seven Lakes by a combined six points. So I don't know if I'm super worried about them, <laughs> but they have got to figure something out defensively. Their defense has just not been up to snuff. Um, they get a, a game against the former Houston, Sam Houston, this week. That should be a win, but they got to figure things out. That whole district, that district's got two teams, Heights and Lamar. Both under, both winless. The two teams, I think, I, I don't have the, our rankings in front, of, uh, in front of me to begin with, but I would bet that they were 1-2 in our preseason rankings. They still could be. District play has not started. But anyway, those are three teams to worry about. That is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. All right, friends. It is time to reveal the Week 5 Dave Campbell's Texas Football High school football rankings across the state. Of course, Dave Campbell's Texas football has put out rankings for decades, the most respected rankings in the state. And we are now the proud partner, uh, rank, uh, pr- rankings provider of the Associated Press. These are the Texas high school football rankings of record across the state. Uh, we are proud of that, and we are proud to present them to you. It is now my pleasure to unveil the Week 5 Dave Campbell's Texas football high school football rankings starting in Class 6A. In Class 6A, you will find... A lot of chalk at the top. In fact, the top 12 all remain unchanged. Idle Duncanville stays at number one, followed by Katie and Allen. Longview, number four. The big mover, number 14, Rockwall, leaps up into the top top 15 after a very impressive win over Arlington Martin. Martin tumbles from number fi- uh, uh, Marling, uh, Martin rather uh, tumbles uh, down to uh, number uh, 16 from number 13. Another tumbler, Austin Vandegrift, despite being unbeaten, they struggled big time with Pflugerville Hendrickson. Yeah, I was at that game and I was really, I left more impressed with Hendrickson and yeah. really concerned about Vandegrift's offensive line. Another team to keep an eye on, Midland Lee moves up from number 24 to 21 with a thumping of El Paso Eastwood. Rebs are back, baby. Uh, Converse <laughs> Judson stays the same at number 10 after a narrow win over Cibolo Steel. Steel drops from number 22 to number 25 with their first loss of the year. To 5A we go, and in 5A Division One, if you like chalk, do I have the rankings for you? <laughs> Literally unscathed 1 through 10. That includes four or what ended up being six idle teams. Frisco, Lone Star, Alvin, Shadow Creek, Lufkin, and Richmond Foster, who are 1, 3, 5, and 8, respectively, were all scheduled to be idled. Number 6, Angleton, uh, was scheduled to play Houston Westside. That game got canceled. Number 7, Hutto, was scheduled to play Houston Lamar. That game got canceled. Everyone else remains the same, uh, including Lancaster at number 9 with an impressive win over Mansfield Legacy. Meanwhile, Dallas Adams... Uh, Brian Adams uh, had to play Highland Park the week after they lost to Frisco Lone Star, and it went about as well as you thought. <laughs> Highland Park won 62 to nothing. In 5A Division Two, there's a little bit of movement, including we're swapping number two and number four. Manville moves up to number two after their impressive 38-34 win 
over Fort Bend Marshall. Uh, they move up from number four to number two. Fort Bend Marshall swaps places with them to number two all around Idle Corpus Christi Cal Allen. Uh, everything else uh, pretty chalky. We did lose number eight. Lubbock Cooper moves up to number eight after a win over Lubbock Monterey. Idle Port Natchez Groves moves up to number 10. And we have two new ones, including unbeaten Midlothian. The Panthers are ranked at 4-0 and and looking very good. Also new to the rankings, Lamar Consolidated. Despite an idle week, losses in front of them jump the Lamar Consolidated into the top 10. They are number 10 in 5A Division 2. To 4A we go, and once again in Division 1, if you like chalk... Here you go. 1 through 10, entirely unchanged. Carthage got an impressive 24-15 win over Gilmer. They remain the same at number 2. Uh, elsewhere, Decatur's win over Graham was awful impressive. They go, to, they go to Graham and knock off the Eagles, or rather knock off the Steers, 56-42. They are, remain the same at number 6. Brownwood, another impressive winner. They beat Wichita Falls Ryder, 37-15. They remain the same at number 9. Uh, everything else the same in 4A Division 1. 4A Division 2, a little bit of change here. Number one Pleasant Grove stays the same, but we lost number two Jasper, and because of that loss and some impressive wins in front of them, they in fact drop out of the rankings. Uh, Waco Conley, your new number two at uh, at uh, with a win over Gatesville. Idle West Orange, well, it wasn't supposed to be Idle. Uh, West Orange are supposed to play Crosby. That game ended up getting canceled. They boomed up to number three. Midland Greenwood up to number four. Lubbock Estacado stays f same at five. Gilmer, even with a loss to Carthage, we were awful impressed with the way they played. They stay the same at number six. Uh, Sunnyvale and Robinson each up a spot to number seven and eight. Two new ones in the rankings. Number nine, the Wimberley Texans are back. They are four and oh and ranked number nine, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Also back in the rankings, a familiar foe from Region 4, Geronimo Navarro. The Panthers are four and oh after a 55-22 win over LaGrange. They are number 10, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football. To 3A we go, and at the top, we all wanted to see what happened when Grandview and Malakoff played, and when it's a one-point game, you got to feel like we got the rankings about right. <laughs> Grandview and Malakoff stay exactly the same. In fact, the top four remain the same. Cameron Yo, their win over Giddings, keeps them at number three. Wall, a shutout of Sonora, keeps them at number four. Jefferson up a spot to number six, as Gladewater lost 45 to nothing to Pleasant Grove and drops down from number five to number 10. Atlanta up a spot to number six. Bushland up a spot to number seven. Rockdale up a spot to number eight. And the newcomer, the number nine die ball lumberjacks are ranked at four and oh, a 14 to nine win over Jasper. Impressive stuff from them. Uh, they are the new team in the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings. To 3A Division 2 we go. Top 3 remain unchanged. Newton, Canadian, and East Bernard, all winners. East Bernard had to work for it against Edna, but they came back and won. Gunner up a spot to number 4 after a win over, shutout win over Pilot Point. That was awful impressive. Rogers makes a big move. 52-20 over Bosqueville. They leapfrog Holiday to move up to number 5. Holiday uh, moves up a spot to number 7. Abernathy, their 14-13 weather-shortened loss to uh, post. We drop them from number 4 to number 7. Clifton and uh, Cisco each up a spot to number 8 and number 9, respectively. And the newcomer, the number 10 Golden Cranes of Crane. They are 4-0 after a 45-28 win over Kermit and number 10 in our rankings. To 2A we go. 2A Division 1. Again, chalk at the top. Refrio, Shiner, and San Saba. We were awful impressed with what St. Augustine did to Tannehill. Boy, howdy. 67-14. They are up a spot to number 5. Also up a spot, Panhandle. A 49-6 drubbing of Vega. Uh, also up 3 spots. Hawley. A 22-20 win over Albany. The Bearcats are 4-0. New Deal uh, remains, the, uh, remains the same at uh, number 7. Holland up two spots with an impressive 27-7 win over Crawford. That was very impressive from the Hornets. 
Mason suffers their second home loss of the year. They drop to Tuscola Gemnet, who's also undefeated, by the way. Uh, they drop from number nine to number four. And new to the rankings, 4-0 Alto. The Yellow Jackets make their rankings debut at number 10 in 2A Division One, And in 2A Division Two. A lot of chalk until you get down to the bottom. One through seven remain exactly the same. Hamlin, Falls City, Mart, Albany, Grapeland, Bremont, and Wellington, all winners, uh, except for Albany. Albany with a close loss to Hawley, but we kept them the same. We think they're ranked about right. A two-point loss to a team that is bigger than them. Still feel like Albany is going to be in the mix. Uh, meanwhile, uh, impressive win for Wellington over Stinnett West Texas. Knights bounce back, bounce back win. Flatonia up a spot to number eight. Stratford up a spot to number to, to number nine. And back in the rankings, number 10 Winthorst. The Trojans get an 18-6 win over Seymour and make it back into the rankings. To six-man football we go. 1A Division 1. We have a new number one atop the 1A Division 1 rankings. The Balmeray Bears, who beat the defending state champs McLean, snapping their 18-game winning streak. Impressive stuff uh, from the uh, uh, from the Bears and Vance Jones. They go on a neutral site and beat McLean 48-35. They are a new number one uh, as Milford tumbles from number three to number uh, number one and number three after a close win over Gainesville Lone Star North. That's formerly known as Gainesville State School. Uh, they are uh, down to number three. Uh, McLean drops the spot to number four with their loss. Everything else remains about the same, although Paducah and Garden City switch spots. Paducah up a spot to number nine, and Garden City down a spot to number ten. In 1A Division Two. A lot more chalk, one through six, entirely the same. Jayton, Strawn, Oakwood, Richland Springs, Motley County, and Grand Falls Royalty. Blackwell up a spot uh, to number seven. Uh, Groom up a spot to number eight. Blanket with a 60-37 to 37 loss to May tumbles to number nine. And Calvert remains the same at number ten. In our private school rankings, a new number one, and it's a familiar one, Cedar Hill Trinity Christian uh uh, returns rather to the top spot with a 48-7 impressive win over Melissa. Uh, number two, Dallas Bishop Lynch up to number two with a shutout win over Fort Worth Wyatt. Up to number three, Fort Worth Nolan. Keep an eye on them. They are up to number three in the rankings. They beat Fort Worth Eastern Hills. New to the rankings, number four, Houston Second Baptist. They are 4-0 after a 55-14 win over Van Vleck. And number five, Fort Worth All Saints. They beat formerly ranked Bishop Dunn 24-7 to crack the top five. And in six, man, uh, we have a new number two. Emery Weiner takes a spot uh, Takes a spot from Gainesville Lone Star North. They eke ahead uh, elsewhere. Everything else, pretty chalky. Baytown Christian remains your number one squad. And Dallas Lake Hill Prep and Bulverde Bracken work. Idle. You can now see all of the rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. They are now updated. You can see where your team uh, is ranked. We will also have the story up at texasfootball.com as soon as I get off the air. So there it is, your week five. Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings now up at texasfootball.com slash rankings. <sighs> a lot of talking. <laughs> Do you want to just do the show? Oh, just take over? Yeah. No, I don't. But. Okay. We are Texas football. <laughs> Thank you for team. asking. <laughs> yeah, I could have just said SU Just like throw you the ball. Uh, we are Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to... Uh, become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That is our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content, all for a low, low price at texasfootball.com slash insider. It makes a great gift as well. It's texasfootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football 
Insider. <clears throat> Ashley, let's go to the hotline and bring in the head coach of the 4-0 Die Ball Yellow Jackets coming off an impressive win over previously unfe- undefeated and state-ranked Jasper. We're joined by Coach Blake Morrison. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. How are things in beautiful Die Ball, Texas, down there in Angelina County? It's not bad right now. Yeah, I would say I would say so. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about about this game on Friday night, which came together late. Uh, both you and Jasper were, were more or less just kind of uh, stranded without a game because uh, your opponents ended up having to cancel due to weather down there. Um, I, I'm really interested from your perspective of of of, of the process of that game coming coming together, and, and more importantly, uh, the process of getting your kids ready for a team that they basically had no time to game plan for. Yeah, um, you know, that tropical depression hit, and, and we were supposed to play Liberty, and, and uh, Jasper was supposed to play Livingston. And uh, Liberty is just, they got, they're uh, completely underwater. So they were out of school, and Coach Taylor over there called me and said, we're not going to be able to go, in, you know, we're not going to be in school Friday. So um, this was late Thursday, probably, I say probably around noon on Thursday. Um, that morning, Daryl called me from Jasper, and he was talking about what we're doing. And he said, hey, if I get a cancellation, y'all want to play? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, we need to play because it would be 20, 20 days be- uh, between games for us because this is our bye week. And so uh, – and Daryl, uh, Coach Barbe, and and those guys, I coached with Brian at Cold Spring for all those years, uh, you know. And we know, I mean, it's basically it's family, so we kind of knew what each other, you know, what each of us do. So uh, we kind of got it set up, and I think around three, we swapped some film, uh, just a game, uh, and then at three thirty, I brought the boys in after after school. We watched fifteen minutes of film, and uh, and I said. Go home because Thursdays we don't do anything. I said, go home, and uh, tomorrow we'll get ready for them. I said, if you want to watch the tape, watch the tape. I said, but they're going to come and hit you in the mouth, and so we better be ready. Uh, and then Friday, Friday during the athletic period, we kind of looked at some stuff, mainly uh, offensively, and then defensively uh, we put it in what we were going to do probably 4, 4 15, 4 30. Jeez. Uh, and uh, standing out there in the pavilion at Jasper America, and um, we walked down the field and played, and it was—it's like a glorified scrimmage, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. And uh, but it was a good game for us because we hadn't played four quarters. We needed that. Um, we were cramping up and uh, falling all over the place, like like you know, a bunch of <laughs> fat people, you know. So um, that's what I told them. I said, I said, you guys, we got to get in shape. I don't care if we got to go to the mall and, and start doing mall walks with all the all the all the women out there. But we. Uh, <laughs> We had to uh, we had to play four quarters, which we did. I mean, uh, the kids played well, uh, uh, you know. And you know, I think we had three turnovers; they had three turnovers. So it's all kind of mm-hmm. uh, we were evenly matched in, in certain spots, and then we just kind of hid our spots that we needed to hide. Well, and, and I'll tell you that you know it, it strikes me this is obviously a, a, a unique game for you guys, but at the same time, a win is a win over a really good and talented uh, Jasper squad. Um, is is uh, is is it fair to say that that you're still taking a lot of positives from this game? Yeah, we are. I mean, and, and the, our kids. I mean, this is a um, you know, people don't understand. This is a veteran group. Uh, we've been basically working to this point for 
four years now. Um, this is, you know, I played some kids as freshmen, um, and they're now seniors. And so they've seen it, uh, bad and they understand, and, and I get, and they're just so mature and, uh, and that's what helps. I mean, and, you know, it does help that they're pretty good athletes also, but, um, when all this took place, there was no, you know, kids, kids were, they were fine with it. They said, yeah, coach. Cause I mean, I think two years ago, Jasper kicked a field goal to beat us for uh, the district. And, uh, you know, we lost 32 to 29 and those kids were sophomores and they were kind of, you know, still had a bad taste in their mouth, I guess. And, uh, they played well. They did. And, and it is, I mean, it's just, like I said, we got a, we got a very good veteran ball club. We're talking with Blake Morrison, the head coach of the Die Ball Lumberjacks here on Texas Football Day. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, this this program and its growth because it was not long ago, and I, I, I hate to bring up sore subjects, but a, you know, yeah. back 2016, y'all were two and nine. I mean, it was it was it was slow going for you guys. Obviously, oh, the, uh-huh. the past couple of years, you guys have been able to, to pick it up. How have you seen what what has been the change there? Uh, it, it, within the program that sparked this this great this great run. Well, I mean, you said it. I mean, uh, uh, 2016 was uh, probably ranks up there with one of the worst years ever as a football coach. When you, you know, I actually thought I should be flipping burgers at McDonald's or something. <laughs> and uh, uh, but we had, I mean, our kids. We had character issues. Um, we we had a lot of problems in that year, uh, and then. You know, the coaching staff that's still with me today and everybody, they still remember that. When, so when we finished that, who cares about X's and O's? We kept, you know, we started coaching more uh, just uh, how to be a man, you know, character, love, integrity, you know, just those type things. And uh, uh, and hard work, you know, blue-collar mentality and getting the weight room. And, and, and these kids bought in, and it was, you know, we had to change the culture. But it was that Gilmer game in 2016 – that was the that was the spark. We got beat. Coach Turner beat us fifty to twenty eight, and uh, and they should have beat us one thousand to zero. Um, and we played, and our kids played hard. Uh, and I mean, we, we we hit the field. There was six people in the stands for die ball. Okay, my wife, my daughter, another coach's wife, and, and his family. Uh, nobody was on the sideline. And, you know, I told those boys, I said, if you pulled up here in the back of your truck and back your truck up and drop your tailgate down, just want to watch a football game, who do you think is going to win? And they all pointed to Gilmer. And I said, you daggum right. And I said, the thing is, guys, until we change it, okay, uh, that's what we have to do. And those kids uh, and those seniors, that senior group, that junior group, that and sophomores and freshmen I had, everybody that was playing, played unbelievable. And then that carried over. Our off season was a great off season. The next year, we uh, we go we lose a game because of because of weather to Madisonville. We go six and three, and we lost to Newton. Uh, we lost to Rusk uh, on the last second. My my running back breaks his collarbone, and then we lose to Jasper on a field goal. Then we go finish up. We play Gilmer again, and and uh, it was whoever had the ball last. I think they beat us fifty five to forty something. So and. Uh, you know, and our kids just kept working. They were still young. And then last year, we uh, we put together a pretty good year. Uh, and uh, we're just trying to carry that over with this with this group of kids that have just decided that they want to do something special. 
Uh, one of those guys is is your outstanding running back, Darius McMillan, and, and a guy that I think jumped on a lot of radars last year, second-team All-State kid a year ago, ran for uh-huh. more than 2,300 yards. You know, you're, you're the guy who gets to see him every day in practice. We can see the numbers, and we can see, you know, the measurables and things like that, but but as the guy who gets to see him every day in practice, what is it about Darius McMillan that, takes, that makes him special? He just likes to play the game. That's all there is to it. I mean, he is a hardworking kid. Uh, he just wants the ball. He, I mean, he's. It's not uh, like it's like you know. You come watch us pregame. And you, we look like the flattest team you've ever seen. Uh, and we just okay. We're just trying to get get loose to get ready to play. And and it's the way we practice. Uh, we practice hard. Darius runs the football hard in practice. Um, you know, he he gets after it every day. He he takes he takes a lot of pride in what style of runner he is. He's and. Uh, He's been doing a uh, he's done a fabulous job. I think he had some hard yards last week. I think he ended up with like 140, and uh, uh, but he got beat up and hit. But he can deliver a blow. You know, uh, 230 pound running back that can move pretty good, um, and he's a smart kid and understands he understands the uh, the schemes. So um, very fortunate to have him. Uh, finally, Coach, um, I know you, you guys are now on to your, your open week before you, you start district play on the road against Crockett, uh, you know, a, a program that, that always always plays plays tough. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, mm-hmm. you know, not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you look forward a couple of yep. weeks, uh, what do you want to accomplish this week in order to get you guys ready for Crockett? Well, uh, Crockett's our next opponent. Well, our first opponent this week is Algebra 2 in chemistry. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I'm telling you, we are we're going to tutorials every day. Uh, I mean, we got to we got to figure out, you know. I, and I understand kids. I mean, they don't understand what an X and a Y. How do you add that? I understand that's a letter, but uh, <laughs> we've got to. Uh, that's our opponent this week. Is our you know we're we're tutorials hard this week. We started last week, and so we're doing that trying to help our kids. Um, you know, because that's that's a big part of what we do as far as uh, how we we uh, reward kids with a 90 or above average and all that kind of stuff, and they really fight for that. So um, that's our point. But as far as Crockett, you know, we're going to look at them when we can. Uh, we know they're fast, um, you know, and but we're going to play our brand of football. And I'm old-fashioned. Um, I mean, we love running the football. And I mean, it's like last week. I think they, I think Jasper had nine in the box, and I'm still pounding it. And because uh, uh, I think, you know, that's just – that's our – you know, that's our mentality, and I'm pounding it with a 190-pound guard and a, and some sophomores up front and stuff like that. And I'm saying, look, guys, it only, you know, that's just three three and a third yards. Okay, we're good. All right, we're good to go. You can actually get two and a half. We'll run it again on fourth down. So the thing is, I mean, that's just the mentality that we take. Uh, so we're we're going to get out there and kind of heal up some of our bruises and uh, try to get in shape. I'm going to run them a little bit. They're not going to be happy about it, but. We're going to try to get in shape and, and, and uh, get on our grades. Coach, I was bad at Algebra 2, but I'll tell you that the, the three and the third – I just did the math. The three and the third yards thing, that checks out. Yeah, that, that does. I mean, because that does. Because when I played football, <laughs> our coach had a stick that was that was uh, 10 foot long. And he would drop that thing down and he said, if you don't get this, we had to run a gasser for every time we didn't get that, that stick. And then, and, then, and then our defensive guys, if they held us, they got a gasser taken off after practice. So it was a war. I mean, there was nobody. It was a war. You know, so, uh, we, I mean, that's the same mentality we take. I mean, we just get after it and, and try to have uh, – and, and, you know, try to stay healthy as much as we can. 
because uh, we got to learn how to practice smart. But uh, um, we're just—it it, was—it was—it's it, been a—it's been a pleasure with these kids, and uh, uh, y'all, you know, hopefully we can put something out there this year that nobody nobody believes. Well, I'll tell you, they are the number nine. I don't know if you heard, you're number nine ranked now. Sorry, coach. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he is the head coach of the number nine ranked. Die ball lumberjacks, Coach Blake Morrison. Coach, appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the win on Friday night. Uh, enjoy the open week as much as you can, and uh, best luck down the road. Hey guys, I appreciate what y'all do for Texas high school football. Thanks, Coach. There he goes, All Blake right. Blake Morrison, the head coach. Die ball lumberjacks, brother. Um, that was awesome. That was yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you. Listen, that's that is. If you call a coach in the Piney Woods or mm-hmm. down south, you get that part of. That part of the state, it's, oh, yeah. it's full of guys like Blake Morrison. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, that is that was fun. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's a good guy who who's got his program rolling right now. And, oh, and again, yeah. I think they started off six and zero last year, and 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 from the depths that this program was in, they are unrecognizable. And mm-hmm. so it is really really cool to see them. And that's a huge win. I know he's, I know he called it a glorified scrimmage of some kind. I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. I think I think both teams have the same amount of time to prepare, and they end up coming out and getting a really really important win on the road at Jasper. Yep. That is really very cool. So uh, we appreciate Coach Blake Morrison spending a little bit of his days with us and spending spending some of his wisdom like that. That was man, that was funny. <laughs> we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in Lone Star State. And follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Let's pay some bills. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's awards. Based on the previous week's on-field performance, we then leave the voting to you at TexasFootball.com. The poll is up at TexasFootball.com. If you want to ruin this segment, you can go see who's nominated, but I'm going to read their names anyway. Voting closes at TexasFootball.com each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced here on this very program right after that. Your Week 4 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Bridgeport quarterback Jaden Maddox threw for 580 yards and seven touchdowns and also had 20 rushing yards. It's going to be one of those weeks, guys, that if you didn't throw for some absurdly absurd number of yards or touchdowns or you didn't run for something or do something crazy, it's hard to crack this list. But Bridgeport quarterback Jaden Maddox, a nominee. As is Raymondville defensive end Dylan, Dylan Ramirez. 21 tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, and a forced fumble. As a day's work. You were not getting past that guy, man. No. <laughs> Tioga wide receiver Caleb McKinney caught 10 passes for 143 yards and three touchdowns. He also had seven tackles and broke up two passes. Hearn quarterback Micah Smith threw for 527 yards and five touchdowns. He also ran for 80 yards and a score. I told you, it's one of those weeks. Wheeler running back Heston Marshall ran for 170 yards and five touchdowns. He also caught five passes for 108 yards. El Paso Hanks quarterback Aaron Molina, 512 yards and six touchdowns passing, and he ran for a score. Klein Kane quarterback Bryce Corriston threw for 384 yards and six touchdowns, also ran for 41 yards. West Rusk running back Gavin Smith, Ran for 367 yards and four touchdowns, and he also had five tackles and a tackle for loss. Junction running back and defensive back Isaiah Gonzalez ran for 249 yards and four touchdowns, also caught three passes for 32 yards and a score. He also had 12 tackles and a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Good God. 
<clears throat> and Crowley running back, Dominique Jones, all he did was run for 323 Johnson. yards. Johnson, rather. Dominique Johnson. Who's Dominique Jones? D- uh, R- Crowley <laughs> running back, Dominique Johnson, ran for 323 yards and three scores. Those are your week four Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Bridgeport quarterback, Jalen Maddox, Raymondville defensive end, Dylan Ramirez, Tioga wide receiver, Caleb McKinney, Hearn quarterback, Micah Smith, Wheeler running back, Heston Marshall, El Paso Hanks quarterback, Aaron Molina, Klein Kane quarterback, Bryce Corston, West Rusk running back, Gavin Smith, Junction running back, defensive back, Isaiah Gonzalez, and Crowley running back, Dominique Johnson. Vote early, vote off. And vote now at texasfootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each public school classification with a Team of the Week award. Each school selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your week four, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Houston Stratford trailing 17 7 with under 10 minutes to go. The Spartans launched a furious rally scoring the final 20 points of the game to soar past district rival Cy Ridge 27-17. That's a big win, by the way. Kind of turns that district upside down. In 5A, Red Oak, speaking of turning district upside down, the Hawks serve notice to the state that they are a force to be reckoned with, knocking off state-ranked South Oak Cliff 28-21 and taking control of the District 6-5A Division One race. In 4A, shout-out Brady Keene, Bandera! The Bulldogs are 4-0 for the first time in more than 20 years after a relentless defensive effort to take down Comfort 35-12. In 3A, we just talked to their coach, Dieball. In a game put together at the last minute due to weather-related cancellations, the Lumberjacks scored one of the biggest wins in recent program history, stymieing state-ranked 4A power Jasper for a stunning 14-9 victory. In 2A, Forsan, fueled by 135 yards on the ground from sophomore major Stockton and a sensational defensive effort, the Buffaloes stampeded past Colorado City, 34 to 14. And in 1A, Balmeray, the Bears snapped the state's third longest winning streak in style, going on the road and jumping all over defending state champ McLean to end the Tigers' 18-game winning streak with a 48-35 victory. So those are your Week 4 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week in 6A, Houston's Stratford in 5A, Red Oak in 4A, Bandera in 3A, Dieball in 2A, Forsan in in 1A, Balmeray. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. All right. Okay. Sorry. It's a long show. Over the top. It's a long show. I got to stretch. I got to stay limber. All right. Let's get to our campus crawl. Campus crawl. We will go through each of the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas in an order that I have determined uh, that does have a rhyme and reason. If you can guess the reason either you two or in the comments, then um, we'll say your name on, <coughs> on the air. There you go. Big time stuff. Right we there. start <laughs> with Baylor. So the Baylor Bears beat Rice 21-13. to And it seemed like they played pretty well in the second quarter. And other than that, were just kind of, uh, they yeah. were not great. Charlie Brewer was sharp, 20 of 27, but they were not able to run the ball, which was a little bit concerning. Um, they weren't able to run the ball, and the, the, the defense just like, the defense could not get Rice off the field. Mm-hmm. Rice was 8 of 18 on third down. Like, <laughs> against Rice, you should not, be, I hate to say, you know, we'll talk about Rice here in a moment. Right. You should be able to be better. That is, again, and again, we're picking nits about a 4-0 team, right? a 3-0 team. We're picking nits about them. I freely recognize that. But coming off a of bye week, Against a, a winless team, albeit I think a better better than average winless team. Uh, yeah. 
like you, I, I wanted to see more. I wanted mm-hmm. to see a little bit more. I wanted to see them put the foot put the foot down. Mm-hmm. They got scored ten nothing in the second half. Yeah, I mean, like you can kind of you can look at this one of two ways, right? Coming off a bye, right? Mm-hmm. They came off a bye, so mm-hmm. it's like come off a bye, okay? Eh, you know, rust. whatever. Maybe a little bit of look ahead as well because they do have a big game against Iowa State to mm-hmm. open up Big Twelve play. And I mentioned it earlier, Baylor was kind of, in my opinion, they were due for for kind of a game where yeah. you're like less than impressed with what they, what they can do. Yeah, I'm not going crazy. Yeah. I'm not I'm not worried, worried, worried about Baylor. Yeah. But I will just say that's the first time we've they've haven't looked great. Sure. And so it showed a couple of warts. I would have preferred to see a more complete performance. But a win is a win. It goes in the right left-hand column. Play better this week against Iowa State, or it won't go as well. Yep. Next up, TCU. Uh, well, here's the good news. The good news <laughs> is that Max Duggan looked good in, like, the fourth quarter. Yeah. Looked pretty good in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They pretty figured good. something out. Pretty good. Um, Darius Anderson had a great game. 161 yards and two touchdowns. But two things. One... There are three other quarters for a quarterback to play well, mm-hmm. and the, the the quarterback it, it it is so when you watch them it's so clear they have to play from ahead. They sure. have to play mm-hmm. from ahead. If they do not play from if TCU doesn't play from ahead, they're toast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened is that they fell behind early and they could not chase. The other thing is, I mean, defense was not amazing in this one. No, not at all. Now uh, the offense didn't help him out. But the defense. I was kind of. I mean, I was. Really four hundred yards total offense to SMU. Yeah, and I was impressed with their uh, SMU's offensive line, what they were able to do with. Yeah, TCU. like TCU, you expected. That's kind of why I picked TCU, and I think everybody did. Was like, okay, well, the offense won't move the mm-hmm. ball, but the defense will control SMU, right? Yeah, we well, even of, said that last week. Yeah. We were talking about how their defense should take over the game, right? But the secondary. I mean, the secondary got got beat up by mm-hmm. by Shane Bouchelle, and it's it's a disappointing loss. They lose the iron skillet, and and now they're they're two and one, and you know, by the way. Um, now they play Kansas. Okay, I mean we'll see. Kansas is suddenly two and one, but um, you know they play Kansas and then they go on the road at Iowa State and then they go on the road at Kansas State. And Kansas, that's not looking like the win it may have been. So yeah, uh, time to, time to write the write the ship here before before it costs you in in conference play. So uh, disappointing, I would say from TCU. Texas A and M. Speaking of just uh, just <laughs> disappointing. Uh, like okay, I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. There's this weird notion that I'm seeing out there that people want Kellen Mond not to be the quarterback anymore. Kellen Mond is not on the list of problems for A&M right it now. Was, he wasn't the issue. Like, if you want to say that maybe he his gelling with Coach, which Jimbo Fisher's offense mm-hmm. and what they want to do isn't correct, I can listen to that because, like, he's he is a quarterback. Me and Sean kind of talked about it, too, where it's like, Jimbo's not he's not somebody who utilizes mobile quarterbacks right EJ mm-hmm. Manuel Jameis Winston uh, I'm trying to think of who else uh, even when Everett Golson was there Everett Golson wasn't a runner he mm-hmm. did, he kind of forced Everett Golson to be in the pocket um, Jimbo never worked with mm-hmm. mobile quarterbacks and that's what Kellen Mond you know he's a great runner he's a great athlete but he's you know you don't see him doing read options you don't see him doing RPOs it's mostly just scan the field and you know, it's to me, it's more that as opposed yeah. to like Kellen Mond is a bad quarterback, or is he might be a bad fit with Jimbo. Fisher. Well, and my thought is that like they got to let him loose, they got to let yeah. him run a little bit. Right. And it was just like the 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 a part of it, I think, is that I think they're afraid to get him hurt because if he sure. gets hurt, then they it's have no out. running game. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's Kabodi and it's Spiller, and it's like oh right, yeah, yeah, like uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, they, yeah, those I mean, two combined for twelve carries. Right. They're just not going to cut it. The other part of it is that the defense, for the first time, the first time this year, mm-hmm. they looked a half step slow. Sure, they do, they they were not as fast as Auburn. Plain yeah. and simple. 
Um, they did not look as fast as Auburn, and and that is it's disappointing um, from that perspective. Look, I thought Kellamon was actually pretty good in this game. He was fine, and and he's not on the list of problems. Uh, but that is a uh, that's disappointing. That's a game that I thought A and M. You could you could still convince me that A and M is better than Auburn. Like you really could. Uh, now I don't think they played better on Friday on Saturday. And and now you know they'll take on they'll take on Arkansas, which is a program in its own sort of flux. But then they play, then they play Alabama, mm-hmm. right? And then they play Ole Miss, and it's like, you know, you should be able to beat Ole Miss at home, or I'm sorry, on the road. But like, I don't know. This is like suddenly turning into like a, I don't know. This this was a disappointing loss. I yeah. thought because I thought that the, I thought that that there's a real argument that they're better than Auburn. So just disappointing. Texas Tech took the week off. I have nothing to say about Texas Tech except that we are going to see what their quarterback situation looks like. Mm-hmm. That will be very interesting as they uh, open up uh, conference play. So we will see what Texas Tech has to offer. SMU on the complete opposite side of it. Uh, yeah, more of that. That was fun. More of that. Yeah. Uh, the offense looked great. And, and, and what I really appreciate about this offense is that this was a game where the, the running game was okay. It wasn't transcendent. Mm-hmm. It was okay, and so Shane Bouchelle had to lift, had to had to uh, take on a little bit more, and they were like, "Cool, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. I'll take on a little bit more." And he was good. Twenty-three to thirty-four, two eighty-eight, two touchdowns and a pick. You can live with that. Yeah. You can win with that with the running game they had. Um, I was very impressed. And by the way, um, th- that feels this feels like the first time everyone was watching SMU, and they're like, "Man, these receivers are good." Yeah, <laughs> we know. Yes, Roberson and Prochet are awesome. They're incredible. They're really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, up, 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 and, and things are looking very good for SMU, and again, suddenly they look like a contender. Uh, now they get, uh, now they draw, uh, they're at USF. Um, look, they'll be favored in that game, and mm-hmm. they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, USF, Tulsa, Temple's a little bit better than expected, but they should be a, a favorite at home, and then they go at Houston. Look, they could be looking at 7-0, and mm-hmm. and... It, the the road is there. They got to take care of business. And the defense, oh, there were times where they did not look great. But the offense is certainly up to conference contenders caliber. Yeah. That was really impressive. That me. latter half of the schedule is going to be a little tricky for them. Yes. At Houston, at Memphis, and then they finish with Tulane. First, but, first uh, seven? Yeah. Should be good. Yeah. Final five, let's get to that when we get to that. Yeah. But first, first seven, looking very good right now. Next up, North Texas. The Mean Green. Nice little bounce back win. That was, that was more like it. Um, that was more like it. Mm-hmm. Offense. That was definitely more like it. <laughs> offense. Offense finally got some running game going. Trey Siggers was great. Yep. This one. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Torrey ran the ball well. They were able to run the ball. They were able to get Mason Fine out of that game early after mm-hmm. they went up big. Um, you know, they were up 24-3 at halftime. Then they really put it away in the third quarter. Defense looked great. Defense really, you know, um, the, the, UTSA was on a backup quarterback, and it showed. They made it look – they made uh, Narcisse look like a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, overall, I would say there's not a whole lot to complain about North Texas. That was a complete win. Well, do some unfortunate news come out of that game though? Rico Bussy is out for the year now. Yeah. Uh, torn ACL, so that's going to be yes. huge. But luckily, guys were stepping up in his absence. Uh, we saw it with Trey Circus has been incredible mm-hmm. this season. He's off to a great start on the run game. So, you know, it's time for Tom, time for guys like Jalen Darden. Right. Time for guys like uh, uh, Lawrence, mm-hmm. Michael Lawrence, step, step up. up. Yeah. But o- otherwise, you know. Otherwise, not a lot to complain about for the North Texas Mean Green. All the way around. Speaking of which, UTSA. I'll stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, like, I, ju- I just see, you see what this offense is without Frank Harris. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like but even they, then, like. You know what I mean? They, like, they, this defense Lonar can't sees, tackle. 
Like that's the other thing for me is like yeah the, the tackling was bad. Frank Harris wasn't going to help this defense. Like they yeah the quarterback is an issue, but they they just did not. This is a game they usually uh, we mentioned it last week where this is a game they usually get up for right UNT yeah. and it did not look like they were just like ah we can't hang with these guys. Four turnovers too. Yeah, they lost. They they got beat four nothing on the turnover margin, and mm-hmm. you can't you can't do that uh, when your defense is only okay. Yep, like it's only okay. That is something. It's very that was very disappointing. Um, and and overall, just you know, they sincere McCormick ended up with a nice line, sixteen of sixty two. Mm. But I mean, and the low Narcisse ran for ninety eight yards, but a lot of them was on one one long run, right. and kind of in garbage time. So uh, overall, um, just a disappointing, a big step back, I would say, for UTSA. Uh, and now they play. They take a week off and they go to UTEP, and I will be sad. Speaking of which, UTEP, <sighs> UTEP. Well, I mean, uh, it wasn't as bad as it could have. Been. Yeah, that's basically what you take. They still, they still don't have any quarterback. Nope. They, they ended up going to Kyle Oxley at one point, yeah. but like Brandon Jones, eight of eleven hundred six yards, but they can't push the ball down the field at all. Right. Uh, the running game was okay. Trayvon Hughes, Josh Fields, they were okay. Um, but then the defense just kind of let them down, and the yep. defense defense gave up uh, gave up some big plays. Um, and get 400 yards to a, to a Nevada offense that just isn't very good, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Um, gave up six of ten on third down. It's when you, it's like when you watch UTEP. It's it's one of those things where it's like they don't look like they know what they're doing when they go out there. They, they did not. It's they, very confusing. They look scrambled. Mm-hmm. Um, they look scrambled and and look like the. It looked like the, it looked like they were getting mixed up in their own coverages. Basically, yeah. like it was like like it looked like. Nevada should not be going 15 of 21 for 203 yards. No. Like, they shouldn't be averaging nine and a half yards uh, an attempt. Yeah. Like, plain and simple. And, and and when you add in the fact that they ran for 200 yards, like, it just, it wasn't very, it was a, a step back for UTEP, I would say. And it's just, you know, it's disappointing. And now they go to Southern Miss, where they will be pretty sizable underdogs. Uh, and then they play, they walk them in UTSA. And it's like, that's that's where they can get right. But that was disappointing. Um and again, it's just I don't know. It's inconsistency again from UTEP. That one, if it's not one thing, it's another. Mm-hmm. You know, the offense figured things out a little bit against Tech, or I'm sorry, against uh, uh, this week. Uh, but then they, you know, the the, the defense continues to be this bit disappointing. Rice, I want to believe. Uh, it's like it, I I want to believe, mm-hmm. and I think there's reason to believe. Yeah, that Rice is getting better, and I think you're seeing it. I think I think if you were to ask Baylor fans, I think they'd say that this Rice team is getting better. Um, but in the end, the offense just doesn't have enough oomph. Wiley Green or Tom Stewart, whoever the quarterback is, they're just not able to get this thing where they need to go, and they're just not running the ball. Yeah. They're not running the ball at all. Now, look, I mean, when when it mattered, they came up with stops, and I think this is a super encouraging result from a defensive perspective that. Baylor been lighting people up, and they basically didn't get lit up. Like they were okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a super encouraging result from from the defensive perspective. Uh, big game from uh, from Brett Rosner or Brad Rosner, their their wide receiver, ten catches for uh, or for hundred or seven catches for hundred yards. But overall, they've got to find. You either got to be efficient passing the ball, or you got to be able to run the ball. They've got to find something. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously they have run through an extremely difficult schedule: Army, Wake, Texas, and Baylor. I mean, it doesn't get a ton easier because they go to Louisiana Tech, but Louisiana Tech, you know, this is at least more in their weight class, at least. Um, Louisiana Tech, and then at UAB, UAB's Which undefeated. Is rough. 
at, at you don't want to go up against Bill Clark I mean, right. at their you know, place. They, I mean, zero and six is certainly in in the realm of possibility. But then things do lighten up at the back half a little bit. So uh, I think they're better. I think they're better. Um, we'll see if they can continue that. Texas, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Um, like you mentioned, that's a game they lose. That's a game. That's a game that if Texas, if we're if we're if we're debating if Texas is back, they mm-hmm. lose. Yep. But they didn't. And Keontae Ingram was really good in this game. Tim Ellinger continues to be continues to look like a guy who gets it. Like he's it's it, there's a discernible effort to for him not to run. Yes. Like it's he's really developed well, as a passer and staying in the pocket and they still have it in their back pocket because at the end of the game when he, when they needed to ice it, then they run him and he gets the first down because he's still a truck when he's running. <laughs> and go back two weeks ago or two years ago and yeah. a year ago and how many times Sam Ellinger put up a put a ball up for grabs. Oh gosh. Right? Yeah. Like he threw a pick in this game, but like his decision making has been so much better. Mm-hmm. And Part of that is basically not running unless you have to. Right. But then I thought that their that third down play to ice it away was awesome. That was great. I thought that was a terrific play call <laughs> and the right read from Sam Ellinger, um, and it iced it away. Look, the defense continues to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Their secondary continues to be a problem. It's going to be a problem more with Caden Stearns now out for a couple of weeks. Jalen Green's also out Jaylen as well. Jalen Green's out, so that secondary is a problem. And then Brandon Jones is inexplicably trying to catch the punt sliding. I don't know what he was doing that there. That was weird. The, the part of the team we thought was going to be one of the unmitigated strengths, which is the safety spot, is suddenly a bit of a question mark. But look, the bottom line of this is they're 3-1. and one. They're going to be – I think they're still 12th. Is that right? 11th now. They're up to 11th. Yeah. Uh, they go um, – they have a bye week, and then they go to West Virginia, uh, which they should win. Plain and simple, West Virginia is not very good, although asking Texas to go on the road and win is, is asking a lot. Um, and then, you know, it'll be their first road game. Um, and Historically then, bad in West Virginia, too, when you're playing yeah. in their house. Yeah. Yeah. Never, and then, and then it's Red River. So, look, I think, I think again, kind of like what we were talking about with A&M last week, mm-hmm. um, I think pretty much everybody could have penciled in 3-1. I think that yeah. not necessarily, you know, Oklahoma State obviously is an important win for them. Uh, I think it's easy to pencil in 3-1, though. Um, and I think it's easy to pencil in 4-1, yeah. right? Because West Virginia being down. But then we're getting into the meat of the schedule, and, and we'll finally prove if Texas is back. Is Texas back? That's the big <laughs> question. Next up, your Texas State Bobcats. Got to win. One and three, and we won't discuss it anymore. <laughs> Texas State win. won! <laughs> <laughs> they won, um, doesn't matter. It it was not fun. Nope. None of that was fun. Nope. <laughs> they played a bad Georgia State team. And they let them hang around, and they darn near lost it. They got a double overtime. They had to hope that Georgia State's awesome kicker missed two chip shots <laughs> to, to, to finally have a chance. And they, they won. And exactly, that's exactly what happened. Their awesome kicker. <laughs> but they won. The best kickers in the country actually missed really chip shot field goals. All right. They won. They were able to run the ball. Can I ask uh, you? Yeah. Can I get excited about Caleb Twyford? Yes. Am I allowed? No, yeah. yeah. Farmers, private of Farmersville. Um, he looked really good against <laughs> Wyoming, mm-hmm. and they kind of stopped giving them the ball in that game. Uh, credit SMU, they shut him down. But then, yeah, this game comes out, was it 27 carries, 137? Mm-hmm. Like he, it, they were, they looked like they were really, uh, really, really trying to run the ball because they realized, hey, the quarterback spot's probably not that yeah. great. We can't be throwing the ball 40 times a game. So they uh, he rushed 27 times. Anthony Taylor De- of Denton Geyer rushed uh, 17 times. Like They were trying to run the ball, and it was good. <laughs> Adjustments are good. Right. Now, let me lean into the microphone very close we're and tell you. There you go. Nickel State this week should be a win. Should win. Bye week. 
Louisiana Monroe at home. Should be a win. Should be a win. We should be looking at a 500 Texas State Bobcats team in a couple of weeks. Oh, I hope so. And then okay. they get, and then they get a, they get a tough, they get a they tough have another buy. Uh, I guess so. At Arkansas so. State, yeah. Then they're at Arkansas State, yeah. And that uh, that's gonna be a tough stretch. That'll be a tough stretch. Arkansas State, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and then South Alabama. Uh, South Alabama. Who knows? Although, uh, hey, do you know who's leading the Sun Belt right now? Is it South Alabama? <laughs> oh no! Actually, I don't know. Oh no! Only one team has played a Sun Belt game. Uh, it's right. your Texas State yeah, Bobcats. Sure. <laughs> it's Would your you first place, that? Texas State Bobcats. Woohoo! <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the Houston Cougars. We talked about this on Thursday. Um, it was just like I don't know. It, 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 it this feels like a team that has all the big parts right and all the small things wrong. Yep. They have an awesome quarterback and an amazing receiver, and then their secondary just makes dumb reads, and their offensive line makes Dear King run for his life. Mm-hmm. And and it again, I think the talent's there. I really do. I think this is a super talented team, but. The bottom line is the secondary is going to cost them this year. Um, and they've got to be able to protect D.R. King. And then the other thing is they've got to they've got to find a way to, to, to help D.R. King play an entire game, a mm-hmm. complete game. Because he started off house on fire in this game yeah. and then kind of disappeared. They've got to find a way to, to help him play a complete game. So um, disappointing from Houston. Um, they now play. Oh, we did. We talked about this. They're one and three. Um, now they go to North Texas, and look, you want to talk about a turn game for both these teams? Mm. Oh yeah, this is a turn game that if if Houston falls to one and four with Cincinnati looming, it could get real ugly. Yeah. in a minute. Um, and suddenly, by the way, you still got to go to UCF, and you still got to play SMU, which is suddenly looking a lot less fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. This is that's disappointing. So anyway. That is your campus crawl. Did anybody figure out the order? Ish, did you? I've got some comments No, here. I, d- I definitely have not, did not. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. One of them was game schedule earliest to latest. No. No. Uh, what about guess. coaches' ages, oldest to youngest? No, not a bad guess. No. Mm, mascots in alphabetical order. That one's not right. No. Um, cities mm. from smallest to biggest populations. No. The answer, I'll tell you. The answer is their total defense rank. Oh, okay. 1 to 12. So Houston has statistically the worst defense in the country. Or not in the country, but in oh, the Oh, Aaron. Aaron Horn got that. Oh, good job, Aaron worst Horn. Worst defense to best. Uh, best or was de- it best to worst? It's best to worst. Okay, well. He- Baylor's got statistically the best defense uh, than TCU A&M. Now, part of that is is obviously schedule. This is just, right. this is raw data. So, right. you know, Houston's played Wazoo and Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> and that yeah. will hurt. Uh, and then Tulane kind of let them up too. But yeah. in any case. Uh, that is your okay. campus crawl. Well, shout out, Aaron. You you give, give yourself a pat on the back Good job, there. Aaron Horn. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. All right. In our final thoughts, let's see. Um, can Texas Tech beat a 24-point spread versus Oklahoma? Yes. Will they? Probably not. Probably not. Not without Alan Oklahoma's kind of rolling people <laughs> right now. Not with Alan Bowman out. Um, I don't, you know, even if they... I'd give him a shot if they. I'd had. give him a shot if they had Alan Bowman. Yeah. Well, if they had Alan Bowman, it would be twenty four points. Oh, so true. It'd be seventeen or right. something like that, and then I I might give him a chance in that. But yeah, I mean I I mean Tech's probably going to lose that game, and Tech's probably going to lose that game going away because Oklahoma's going to beat a lot of teams badly, especially right. at Gaylord Memorial Stadium. But yeah, I would say Tech's going to be under. Although playing for EJ Olive, so he played. He died a couple about a week ago. Anyway, what's up? 
Um, up next, oh, that one was from Paul Roberts. So thank His you, Paul. football opinion we can trust. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jeremy Meredith said, John Tyler finally rebounded this week after a brutal preseason schedule. I got them winning over Texas high to start district. What do you think, Tip? Uh, maybe. Uh, I will say that I, I, like, I'm not, I am not giving up on JT. Um, I still think they're, they're one of the best owned four teams in the state. Right. Uh, I think there's a fair argument to say that they should beat Texas high. Um, but they got to go out there and prove it. They got to find some offense. They have to find some an offensive spark. Like nothing about them has been great, but the offense has been particularly like. Mmm. They've got to find some offense. If Cujo's going to start rolling, they've got to find a little bit of offense. But uh, big game this week. I feel like I feel like this is the kind of game that like you get to own five, and more important, you get to own one in district, and that could be the kind of thing mm-hmm. that just that kills a uh, kills a locker room. NBC Five had a really cool story on their coach last Rickland? night. Rickland, mm-hmm. or Rickland Holmes. First, yep. uh, do you know this? Here, uh, you're new here. Uh, that is the first ever guest on Texas Football Today. I heard you and Max talking about that. He was our first ever before guest before he went back to his home planet or died on his way back to his home planet. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Max, not Rickland Holmes. Rickland no, Holmes is doing great. He's doing good. Yeah, Poochie. <laughs> Maybe not done. the record. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one that we'll hit is Aaron asked, uh, where's the mom, Ashley? Well, go on Twitter, and you can see that I responded to Tepper's tweet with a picture of a mom. It wasn't the biggest one, uh, but it was a mom. And so it was bad enough for him to f- try and fire me. And, yeah, that'll it's do it for, for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you saw this. But um, one of the big muckety-mucks at uh, Fox Sports Southwest <laughs> – tweeted his support for the hashtag war on moms good like my boss's boss's boss good tweet about it so we're here gaining, for it it's gaining momentum <laughs> that's gonna do it for us thank you for spending part of your day with us follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbell's follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbell's and of course see us at texasfootball.com a very special thanks to blake morrison of the die ball lumberjacks for joining us for ashley pickle and ishmael johnson i'm greg tepper vince young please can get your player of the year trophy we will see you tomorrow on texas football today